Welcome everyone to uh, the podcast where I invite guests into the urban yurt to have conversations around spirituality in these days when people are perhaps moving away from institutional religion. Um, And we talk about the world becoming more secular. That's really not my experience. My experience is that in fact there is more overt spirituality. People are finding their own ways to explore their spirituality, to define it for themselves um, and to take responsibility for their own spiritual path. So with me today in the Urban Yurt is my dear friend Jayoti and it's such a pleasure to have you here with us. Thank you Anne, it's lovely to be here. I met Jayoti, oh actually not that long ago. She's working in a local gorgeous crystal shop here in East Ham Um, and we just started talking and there was just a connection Mm -hmm. which has just just evolved into a lovely friendship so it's really it's really good I'm so glad you've come along today to have this conversation thank you thank you so much and I'm glad you invited me (laughs) so maybe just to start off we could um, maybe you'd just like to say a little bit about yourself and maybe a bit about your background maybe any faith background that you've come from yeah just to give us an idea of of who you are okay well it's a mixture of things um so um i was born in a hindu family so we're hindus um so we practice since i was a child we're very much into devotion praying every morning uh, celebrating all the Hindu festivals, um, chanting, going to satsangs and kirtans. Um, so it's kind of a way of life. Um, additionally, because I was uh, born and brought up in Morocco, uh, and it's a Muslim country, uh, we're very much with friends that you know cele- that were Muslim, celebrating um, Eid and other festivals as well so like Ramadan and taking part in the fasting trying it out and then just ha- you know having that that aspect of our life as well um, also because uh, I went to a French school we would celebrate the Christian festivals as well so uh, Easter uh, Pâques en français and uh, Noel Christmas so we're very excited to get presents and go and meet Father Christmas so it's kind of been a, a mixture of things um, but what it has taught me is and as I was being brought up was very much that all religions are very at the end of the day very similar and it's all about love and being nice to people and treating them the way you expect to be treated as well um, Obviously, then I came back, came to this country, um, and uh, yes, I grew up, and I was looking for different things. So just, just um, I mean, <laughs> what a gorgeous upbringing! So you were brought up in the Hindu faith with your family, yes, as a minority community yes. in, my, in Morocco, alongside people of the Muslim faith and the Christian faith. So a very interfaith. Upbringing. Yes. It wasn't. You weren't Hindu in isolation. You were. You were very much mixing with people of other faiths, right from an early age. Exactly. Yes. It's just. It was just part of the norm. It. It wasn't anything different. This is how mm. we were brought up, and and mm. that's how. 
It was, yes. Mm. And you recognise the common threads in each of the faiths. Yes, yes, totally. And, you know, there's this thing about respecting each faith and giving it and allowing it space, allowing Mm. people to practice their faith Mm. and also having the space to practice your faith as well. Mm. So I think it's important to have that balance. Mm. Um, And also recognising that it's all, at the end day, one, which is something that keeps coming back, a theme that keeps coming repeating in my life. Um, with um, healing as well when you try different um, energy healing modalities and you know you've got Reiki you've got chakra healing you've got uh, Karuna Reiki fire Reiki all these different things and you know tarot readings um, channeling and then you just think well you know all those things they all come from the one place and they all end up in the one place. So it's all one. So why did I waste so much time learning all these things? But I think it's um, it's the experience. So until you don't try the different things and understand them, you don't really feel in your heart that it is all one. You can understand it maybe in your head, you can conceptualize it, but you don't really feel it. So the experiential knowledge is quite essential I think so that's what I've come round to so really emerging yourself mm. in each of the in each of the faith paths or in each of the yeah. healing techniques yes okay so you you grew up in Morocco and then you came over to the UK yes um, still practicing as a Hindu uh, yes yeah, still practicing mm. as a Hindu uh, but we also have where I live a local Gurdwara mm. uh, which is um, the Sikh religion and we used to go there quite a lot I think we probably went to the Gurdwara more than we did to the temple and it's just you know beautiful energy Uh, people are so lovely there and there's a whole energy of service Mm. Um, and that was really that's really nice that really used to touch me and I think we still go there quite a lot I take my son there as well now so um, it's kind of a tradition for us on New Year's Day the first thing we do um, even if we haven't gone to the temple or anything, we do go to the Gurdwara just to uh, seek blessings and uh, just to turn up and say thank you for the year that's passed and also thank you for the year that's coming, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It does make sense, yeah. yeah. So what, how would you describe your spirituality now? Would you, dis- would you say you have a faith path? So I would say that I don't have a religious path. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do have faith. I believe in God. Mm -hmm. I believe there is uh, one God, one source for all. Uh, Whatever you wish to call him or her or it, it's one. Um, I also believe that within each of us is that spark of God. So we are all a miracle. I believe that God does not make any mistakes. So whatever is happening is essentially for the better of us, whether we realize it or not. So there is a great tapestry weaved and we just see a small block of it. And maybe at that moment when something really horrible is happening to us, um, we can't see the good. Sometimes our faith in God leaves us. We question God and his wisdom. But time passes and then sometimes we realize that actually whatever happened 
there was a reason behind it because if that hadn't happened, we wouldn't have had this turning point and our path wouldn't have been led where it needed to be led. Mm. Um, but sometimes we don't see that even, mm. you know, after 10 years, 20 years. But I think there's that faith that, you know, God is there. God is watching us. God is with us all time. And um, whatever happens always happens for the best. Um, so f I would say faith is there, uh, maybe not so religious, uh, and I think very spiritual. Uh, so I try to just see the best in people uh, because whatever's out there is a refle reflection of me. Um, and I'm in everything and everything is in me. So yes. Thank you. Um, and practicing your spirituality, you've mentioned going to the Gurdwara. Yeah. Do you have a, a spiritual practice as such? Um, so, spiritual practice, I, I meditate. Mm. Um, so, I to, to take time out and meditate and <clears throat> just come back to the self, come back to me, because life is so busy, especially living in London. Uh, it's so easy to just get into whirlwind and just go out so busy thinking about I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to do that. Mm. But actually it's coming back to myself, coming mm. back to my true self, to my higher self. So I find that meditation is really helpful, just coming back to the breath, um, walking in nature. I am also a whirling dervish um, and I find that practice really beautiful. Could, could you say a bit more? Some some of our listeners may not know what a whirling dervish is. Would you like to say yeah. a little bit more about? Uh, yes, yeah, so whirling dervishes, I would say it's probably more of a Sufi path, uh, which is again a very spiritual path. It is. It is just devotion, devotion to, to the one, to the beloved, as I say. Um, and uh, so Sufism would be the sort of mystical path of Islam. Yes, really. Yeah. Uh, and I think a whirling, I would say a whirling dervish for me is the practice is whirling. So you're just turning round and round and round and round. Um, but you just let go and you just trust that the beloved is holding you. And that is how you're able to just go round and round and round. Uh, when I've watched these ceremonies, so you, people can come and watch the ceremonies uh, where I practice at the study society in West London. Um, I went to see the ceremony and I was like, how do people do this? It's relentless, about 45 minutes of just whirling. Uh, how do they not fall, fall over or get dizzy? Uh, and you don't, you don't get dizzy. You don't, you don't fall. Um, so far, I haven't fallen, I would say. Uh, I think it's just, you just let go. You have to just let go. If you don't let go, you're not going to survive. So you just, the only way this is going to happen is you just let go. You just let go. You just release. And uh, we put our one hand up and one hand, so one hand up to the sky. And it's like we're receiving en energy, the love from the beloved. And then the other hand is pointing to the floor. And it's how we're, it's like we're a channel. We're just putting that energy through. Um, that's how I would describe it. For me, it's been very um, heart opening. So there's no space for the head when you're whirling. There's no space for the ego. There's no space for the self. You just need to let it all go. Um, and it's very 
very heart-opening experience. Sounds amazing. So I'm imagining you, I've seen the pictures of the, um, the whirling dervishes in their white, big the white, white long white robes and the tall hat. Yes. So you wear all the... When we have the public ceremonies, uh, we do wear the robes, the white robes, uh, and so the tenure, it's called, and the hat, which is the sike, and then we have a black um, um, shawl, a cape, a shawl for us to start off with and then we let this go and it's like the letting of the ego the letting of the the, the beheading of the head so it's like we've died and now we are allowed to to go and wow wow, gorgeous <laughs> thank you for telling us about whirling dervishes it's, uh, my pleasure and can, and can anybody go along and and learn how to be a whirling dervish? Uh, so there is a training that takes place, uh, and I'm hoping, I think sometime in September, maybe next in 2019, mm -hmm. there will be a training. Uh, so applications are taken in, and uh, yes, if you're successful, of course, the training starts. It's a big commitment, but also if you want to have a taste of what it feels like on Tuesdays in the evening, I think around 7.45, there is a practice sessions where people can are welcome to come in and try something called slow turning, which is um, turning round and round but very slowly. And that is actually a very beautiful meditation mm -hmm. because you're just going so slowly, everything just becomes still. You just reach this point of stillness within you. Um, and the whole world is going by, mm. but you've just really slowed down and just going round and round just beautifully so there is an opportunity to try this and just to kind of feel if this is something that you would be attracted to doing because not everyone wants to do this um i know i took a friend of mine to watch the ceremony before i started training and when i saw the ceremony i was just amazed i was like wow this is something spoke in my heart that I want to do this. Uh, whereas for my friend, it was very much like, oh, this is beautiful. Uh, it was lovely to see it once, but I don't want to see it again. <laughs> so <laughs> it's very, you know, different things for different people. So mm -hmm. it really is if it speaks to you. And if it does, yes, come along. And if it doesn't, that's fine too. Gorgeous. Yeah. You mentioned earlier some different healing practices. Hmm. Would you like to say a little bit more about that? Because I know that you're involved in different forms of healing. It would be interesting to hear. Uh, yes, so I'm a Reiki master. Um, but I've also done crystal Reiki and Kundalini Reiki. Hmm. Um, so Reiki is a Japanese healing modality uh, using your hands it's hands-on or hands-off uh, and it's it's channeling energy and then some symbols are used as well uh, when you start the training and there's different levels so I'm a Reiki master so I'm I can teach other people as well uh, and there's attunements that you receive uh, I also am an energy healer so I do chakra healing uh, and with it different meditation guided meditations visualizations um, so work through those uh, and um, I'm also a tarot reader and I do soul planning and soul planning is very much uh, 
uh, the premise that your name carries a vibration. So nothing happens by accident. The, you chose as a soul what your name was going to be. You chose your family, where you were going to be born, and all those things. So you chose your name. And we start with that as a starting point, what vibration that carries. And that has a plan because your soul had a plan when it chose to come in this body, what it wanted to achieve, what it wanted to learn, uh, what strengths it was bringing, um, what its potential was, and what its uh, purpose is at the end of the day. So a soul plan helps to show you what this is. So we start with the name and then our channel information through, um, and then we have a discussion and there's a, a healing as well that happens. Because I think a lot of the time, living in the society and trying to fit in to the norms of the society, what we should be doing, what we ought to be doing, um, things like we need to be buying a house, we need to buy, you know, have a mortgage, we need to get married by a certain age, we need to have children. There's all these needs, should, could, would, but it's actually, what am I meant to be? What should? What am I doing? What was I? What did I come here to do? Am I doing that? And your soul will always, I think, re try to redirect you, whether you wish it or not. So it can be a really easy path for you. And if you're very resistant, it, it will one way or the other bring you back to path to what you're meant to be doing. Uh, and I think a soul plan just helps you to see your a greater picture of where you're meant to be, where where you're road should be and what you should be bringing into your your life uh, so that's soul planning and I think uh, so um, would you you'd call yourself a practitioner yes soul planning and um, the Reiki as well yeah and I think I'd probably bring uh, the word that I'm trying to use now and playing with is um, an alchemist oh beautiful somebody that uh, is able to initiate change but it's not the person that that changes things you yourself bring that change so the client themselves mm -hmm. are changing themselves but I think what I can what I do is I hold the space for them uh, so yes yeah, I love that alchemist uh, an alchemist somebody that can actually hold the space for for the person and allow them to see really where they are what they are and who they truly are. Yeah, lovely. Yes. Okay. Can I ask you about your soul's purpose? Yes. Um, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm interested. I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated in uh, in your work as an alchemist with other people. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm also interested to hear a little bit about your understanding of your soul's plan. Okay. So uh, my soul's plan uh, is actually to be a teacher. Uh huh. <laughs> To, be, to teach, uh, so I've been quite resistant to it because um, I find it quite difficult to teach others, um, and I'm kind of one of, the, one of the person is like, I need to know it all before I teach someone, and actually you're never going to know it all. Uh, and it's been a journey because I've had to explore my own spirituality, what I feel connects with me. Um, and I think things like also needing to be authentic. So it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to cry. It's okay to have bad days. 
it's okay to have good days. You know, there's there's a balance to everything. Um, so you can you don't need to be happy all the time, kind of thing. As a teacher, um, as a human being, okay, as a person. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, and I think then as a teacher, I have found that I don't need to teach in the sense of a big group. It doesn't need to be the teaching in the old style. It can be teaching as in just writing what you feel. And if that reaches a lot of people because it's authentic, then that's teaching as well, in a way. Uh, And I think, but what is coming across now very much over and over is that the need to to teach in a more formal manner. Uh, So again, with the Kirtan, I'm starting to do a Kirtan leading course. Uh, And it's very much coming that the the thing to lead to lead is a big word in my in my life, and it's also something that I have had to work very hard on. Um, so I have always had a throat chakra block. Um, so it's something you know, speaking my truth, being authentic to myself, um, has has taken a lot of work. Um, and so my self work, my working on myself is actually helping me uh, work with others. But it's kind of started with me and it's been quite difficult, a difficult journey mm-hmm. um, to go through that, to be able to shine the light on myself. I'm kind of like somebody who likes to blend in the background. So it's actually I need to shine the light on myself. And so here I am, I stand tall in my own truth. And this is my truth. Now I'm asking you, what is your truth? Um, so something, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, I could, if I could just affirm you as a teacher, because you do, your light shines. Your light shone in, that, in the shop when I first met you. Um, you. You were somebody, there was just a sense of, I need to talk to this woman. Okay. This woman has something to teach me. Okay. So I feel you have taught me as an individual, um, not in a formal setting, mm. but um, your light does your light does shine, and um, there's a real sense that you have a message to share. Thank you. Um, yes. So, but interesting to hear that you're now being called maybe to lead and to teach in a wider in a wider setting, in a more formal setting. Yes. Um, yeah. Than previously. But I think I, I still love that one-to-one uh, healing and teaching as well. So I think healing has aspects of, of teaching as well because when you hold space for others uh, on a one-to-one setting as well, they learn a lot about themselves just by you asking one or two questions. Um, you're allowing them to just learn from themselves. and. That is the greater gift, isn't it? A teacher isn't somebody who you should be tied to, uh, to their apron strings. It should be actually somebody who tells you, you sit with for a bit and then it's like, now go off, you know it or go off Or somebody who has all the knowledge and imparts all the knowledge. Yeah. But I love the, the whole, just holding the space. Yeah. Holding that space for people to almost reveal their own knowledge yes and I feel that we all have knowledge we all have so much depth so much wisdom within us 
um, and it's just about accessing that wisdom. Beautiful. I know that you have a little boy. Yes. <laughs> um, and I'm interested um, to know how much of your spirituality you share with him and how, um, yeah, how does he view the world? Um, as a as a fairly new soul arrived Earthside, he's seven, nine, nine, nine. Yes. Um, so my son obviously lives with me. So I live my life in a very spiritual way, like day in day out. And I think he's just accepted it. This is normal. So. Um, I love crystals, and he's very much into crystals as well. Uh, we're very open and very spiritual, so he comes with me to the Gurdwara. We've been to some interfaith um, sermons here with you as well. Um, and I think I've always kind of said to him, it's like trying his best and being good. Uh, being not good as in like good or bad, but being good with other people, uh, treating them as a, as your friend, as a friend, helping people as much as possible, and I think that really shines through from him. Uh, he is a very like a very helpful, kind, generous, sweet child, and he has taught me so much as well. Um, him coming in my life has been a complete blessing for me. Um, so I, I am always like, he's an old soul who has taught me that it's, it's okay. You know, everything is okay. Life, life is okay. Oh my God, I'm getting quite emotional here. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I feel really blessed to have him in my life. Um, I think, you know, he's very much into like, I'll say, oh, let's go and hug a tree and he'll hug a tree with me. So he's very open to whatever, whatever we want to do. Um, at the moment, we're doing a lot of chanting together. So in the night, uh, before he goes to bed, uh, we do chanting practice, and he's loving that, really enjoying it. And sometimes I'm a bit tired, but he'll come and say, oh, mommy, shall we do some chanting before I go to bed? So he encourages me as well so much. Um, I think there's a practical side of it as well is... Um, Obviously, in school, they're taught religious education. And he's come to me and said, well, mommy, what, what religion am I? Because it's a bit confusing for him. Um, and uh, obviously, I come from a Hindu background. So I've explained to him, I'm a Hindu. Whether a traditional sense Hindu or not, I'm still a Hindu. Uh, his father comes from a Christian background, uh, Church of England. Um, and he goes, oh, I thought I was Sikh because I go to the Gurdwara a lot. And I said, well, you can choose to be whatever you want to be. Um, but I think at the end of the day, rather than focusing on what religion you are, why don't we focus on being a good human being? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we need to head, really. That's mm -hmm. where the future is. So he believes in God. He believes in souls. He believes that we were all stars up there and then we came into this earth and he believes he chose me as his mummy um, and I think as a belief system that's enough he doesn't need to know more than that um, so I think we, we are okay with this yeah beautiful I mean I'm hearing I'm hearing 
uh, I, I was forming a question about the difference between his um, upbringing now and your upbringing back in Morocco. Yes. Um, and it, it has the same resonances of openness and um, listening to other things that are going on around and absorbing the, the good. Um, the difference maybe is that he is not in a... A, a box of a, of a faith path, but is actually continuing to absorb all the things from the other faith paths, but doesn't necessarily have a title, necessarily have a label. Yes, it doesn't have a label. And I think mm. that's kind of a bit confusing sometimes for him mm. when he's asked, uh, you know, questions that rightfully so, you know, it's mm. part of his school curriculum. Uh, so what religion are you? Do you celebrate Christmas and things mm. like that? And it's like, well... I'm a bit confused and I'm like well why do we need to label it mm. and I feel we don't need to label it just to satisfy um, you know his friends because that's how they might have been brought up or his teacher or his school so I'm very much about saying to him well why can't we just say I'm a good human being or I'm a spiritual person or yeah I believe in God um, I believe in angels I believe in Father Christmas and I believe in you know everything and everyone if that speaks to him that's fine and uh, again we, we do go to church as well once in a while so uh, definitely around Christmas time and then when we've been he sees that you know, we do these collections of 10 foods for the homeless people and he's very much you know likes to contribute that and uh, but he goes he goes to to an extreme so he's quite a generous soul so whenever he'll see somebody like beggars so sometimes we go to Whitechapel and he'll see beggars on the street and he'll be like mommy can we give them some money and I'll be like I haven't got any change well can we give them a note and I'll be like oh okay so <laughs> and I'll be like okay so after all the money's gone uh, we've gone out somewhere for lunch in Whitechapel and then coming back and he'll see some more beggars and he'll be like, Mommy, can we give them money now? And I'm like, no, I haven't got any money anymore. And it's like, can we go to the cash point and get some money? And I'm like, no. <laughs> so I think there's like this generosity aspect needs to be reined in a bit because, uh, yeah, I just find that I'm going to be brave if I, if I go his way. understanding of supply. Or <laughs> supply and demand in life, Yes. <laughs> Oh, beautiful. He's such a lovely boy. So, so, uh, wow. Well done, Mama. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, we're coming towards the end of our conversation. Okay. Um, maybe just, uh, what would your message be to our world? What, 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 what message of hope could you give to our world? Um, you know, we're living in such a time, sometimes it's, it feels such a difficult world that we're living in, so chaotic. So, um, yeah, there seems to be so much upheaval around. What, would, you, would you have a, a kind of a message of hope? I, I think there is so much love in this world. Um, I, I am always surprised at the generosity, the kindness of people. Um, so I would say that what you want to receive, you need to give it out as well. So please give that, give that out. But also I think as human beings, we're capable of so much. Uh, we aspire to so much greatness. And I have found that actually when adversity happens, 
the world has a way of coming together. Humanity has a way of coming together and showing how great it can be. Every disaster that's happened, and even not disasters, but okay, I will just say an example that's just popped in my head was when Trump decided, Donald Trump decided to revoke visas or something like that and close the borders for certain people, certain religion. Um, all the people that came together, and it wasn't just uh, Muslims, it was all these Americans came together and actually stood up and said, no, we, we, we are not standing for this. And actually he had to back down. Mm -hmm. And how amazing was that side? So I think, you know, we are all capable of so much greatness. Uh, we, humanity as a whole can really stand on its feet when it chooses to, when it comes out of its own little pettiness and its own little, I'm so busy doing this, that, that, when you, you can really grow and do something. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that comes up, that shows really around Christmas time. People just, the generosity of people is amazing around Christmas time. And I love that. I love that. I mean, you just see it, uh, this vibration, this energy all around us. And it's not about shopping and clothes and gifts, but the spirit of Christmas really does live on in people. Um, so I think the message, I, I was meant to say a message, wasn't I? <laughs> I got sidetracked. Um, I don't think you got sidetracked at all. I think, I, think, I think you're giving us a beautiful message. Yeah. You're going to put it in a, in a, in a one snappy sentence now. I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, my message is when you're down, ask for help. Help is out there, but you need to ask. If you don't want to ask another person, pray, pray mm -hmm. to God, pray to the angels and ask for help. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say, if you want to change something, so whether it is your car, you know, like life is hard, karma, or anything you believe in, it's then change the person that you are. That's another thing. You, you know, we have to change ourselves. We have to take accountability for ourselves and change ourselves. And also give. When you give, when the more you give, the more you receive. So, yes. Beautiful. Thank you, Jayoti. You. you started that little bit by saying, there is so much love in the world. That's the first thing that you said. There is so much love in the world. And, and everything about you lit up as you were saying that. Yeah. Uh, you just give out so much love. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's really, yeah, it's really uh, such yeah. a such a privilege to have this conversation with you. I'm really, really grateful that you've thank come you. along and talked to us. So, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Well, how lovely! What a gorgeous conversation with Jayoti Kaplani here today in the urban yurt. Such a beautiful soul. So good to have her with us. Thanks so much, Jayoti. It was lovely to hear Jyoti mention at the end there about her doing chanting with her son Ryan in the evenings. Um, sacred chant is something very close to my heart. I would call it my spiritual practice, my daily spiritual practice, chanting along with the harmonium. I'm really excited to say that we're going to be having an hour of uh, Kirtan, um, which is uh, sacred chant, uh, usually sung in Sanskrit. Um, 
but uh, I think we're going to be having some in English as well. It's going to be led by Indira Nanda, who is a lovely local Newham person uh, who teaches yoga, uh, leads Kirtan, leads sound baths, and she's agreed to come and lead us in an hour of Kirtan on the 1st of December, 4 till 5. So do um, put that in your diary. Um, there'll be an event on Facebook shortly once we get the details together, but uh, just to let you know that that will be happening. So thanks so much for being with us today, and uh, do subscribe to my podcast so that you can hear future conversations of spirituality in the urban yurt. Thanks for being with us today. Bye.